When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, you know that I love inkandivycollective.com and they have been my podcast sponsor for the last few weeks. This week, I am very excited to announce that you can save 15% off their whole website using the code CHERRY. You can find the direct link to their website in my show notes. And if you want amazing female tattoo artists art on super comfy, super cute clothes, I've been living in my little hoodie for the last week. Definitely check them out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherry Dollface. I say my intro the same way every time, but it just feels right, so I think I'm just going to keep saying it the same way every time. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody had a really good Thanksgiving. I guess by the time you are listening to this, Thanksgiving is long gone. I generally tend to record these things a little bit in advance, so... Who knows what's happening in the future now by the time you guys are listening to this. Hopefully COVID is healed and the world is back to normal and the holidays will be spent normal. But something's telling me we won't be that advanced in a week. So we had a good Thanksgiving. We went to, we drove to Vegas. We had this like existential crisis of like, oh my God, we're leaving the state and they're telling us not to leave the state. But Vegas is under a four hour drive from us. So my theory is that if we just drove four hours north we would still be in California. So it was really just semantics. We also didn't get out of our car. So I think we were okay. And we spent Thanksgiving with uh, James's mom and grandma. It was just the four of us. And it was so nice. Honestly, I haven't been that relaxed in so long. It's nice when I leave the city or even just leave my house because I work all the time. Anybody out there listening that works for yourself, you know this especially if you work for yourself from home, there's always work to do. So for me, like when everybody was going through COVID, like, oh, I've gotten so much done around the house and I'm so relaxed and I've watched so many movies and self-care. I just was doing the same things that I was doing before. So there has been none of relaxing for me. I have gotten a lot of work done, but relaxing, I think is just important sometimes getting work done. So Thanksgiving was a nice forced relaxation vacation. I also just got a new glass screen protector on my cell phone. And for some reason, it is very satisfying to my soul. So Merry Christmas to me. Christmas has come early for me and my thumbs. So anyways, this week, I am doing my last holiday-based sort of topic because by the time this week is done... Uh, the holidays will be pretty much over and I'll probably be doing a holiday recap. So this week we're going to be talking about dealing with difficult relatives during the holiday. Wow, I have a Dyson air purifier in my bedroom and it just kicked up to a six. It only usually does that when James passes gas and he is not in the room right now. So I don't know what is triggering it. I did take a shower today, so it can't possibly be my stench. Who knows what it is? So dealing with difficult relatives during the holidays, I know that people love the like happy, fuzzy, warm holiday feels, but I feel like there's a lot of podcasts and shows and 
um, I don't know, just general entertainment that's going to give you that. I want to get into the real nitty gritty of holidays because I feel like I have a difficult family and holidays have always been a difficult time for me, but I don't feel like I am outside of the norm. I don't feel like that's unique. I feel like people that have like warm, fuzzy, perfect holidays are actually the exception to the rule. Most people have political or religious differences with families, alcoholism or drug addiction in their family, family members with different parenting styles that want to criticize you or feeling judged for living unconventionally, or even just that weird pervy uncle that you can't escape. Or, you know, people that have lost that are dealing with the loss during a holiday. Maybe, you know, a parent or a partner has passed away or something really tragic happened during the holidays that it kind of always brings it back up for you. I have seasonal depression. So not only do I get it um, because of just more darkness, but also the holidays trigger a lot of, I guess, childhood drama. So holidays are kind of a double whammy of difficult for me as well. There's no rule that you have to spend holidays with anyone. Please remember that regardless of your blood relation or your relation or your traditions, if there's somebody that you do not want to spend your holidays with, then don't. Holidays shouldn't be a time for forced enjoyment. You should do what you enjoy. And if you don't enjoy it, you shouldn't do it. And I feel kind of like that just with life in general. But I think holidays especially, we're already dealing with so much. And especially those of you that have children, holidays can be really stressful trying to decorate and make cookies and make it special for the kids and buy them presents and get Santa stuff sorted and stockings. And I mean, just shopping during the holidays is a freaking nightmare. But I have to say this year with COVID, I'm always looking for the silver lining. And with Black Friday having just passed, I feel like a lot of companies are really nailing this online shopping thing. I think that takes a little bit off of people's plates, but holidays can be really stressful. And especially going back to what we talked about a few weeks ago with traditions, sometimes people create so many traditions that instead of the traditions being something to look forward to, they become something that is really stressful. And you shouldn't have to add humans into the mix that are going to cause you more stress. Now, obviously not everyone has the luxury of eliminating stressful peoples from their holidays, especially when you do big holiday gatherings with your family, which you shouldn't be doing this year, especially because of COVID. So when I was younger, I have about 87 cousins and more aunts and uncles than I can count. And we always had really big Christmases. You know, we would do just Christmas morning with the immediate family and then we would do a big Christmas Eve dinner or a big Christmas Day dinner. There was lots of family around all the time. And obviously when you're a kid, you can't really control that. But when you're an adult, you can control where your family goes and what they do and how. So even if you do have to go to these big family gatherings, there's also no rule that you have to have a relationship with these people. And by these people, I mean your relatives that you have no interest in having a relationship with. The other thing too is for me, I have a really, really, really big family, like insanely big. I have my great grandma just passed away a few years ago and I'm almost 40. My great, great grandma was alive when I was born. So we have a lot of generations. My family is very young and a lot of generations that are still alive. So I have like distant cousins in Scotland and Ireland and England and the Midwest, all over the place. And yeah, like we're connected by blood, but I don't really know any of those people. Just because you share blood with somebody doesn't mean that you have anything in common with them and that you have to have a relationship with them. So if you do go to these big Christmas gatherings and either you don't know a relative or you 
kind of get the creepies from a relative, just keep your distance. Avoidance is great. I see nothing wrong with avoidance because I don't like uncomfortable small talk, especially because of the way I look when it's distant relatives that are kind of like normies. There's always the like, oh, I like your tattoos. What do they mean? And oh, your hair is blue. And oh, it's just like the same generic conversations all the time. And I'm sure as normies, they get the same generic questions too. What do you do for work? And how are the kids? And I've always kind of felt like small talk is a waste of time. I don't know if I should have been born on the East Coast. I don't know if I'm just intensely rude. I think it's awkward, especially with family, especially with family you don't know. And then having to be like affectionate and hugs and I, the whole thing just kind of gives me the creeps. Avoidance is great. Also, if it does happen to be a family member that you just don't really care for or that, you know, there's some sort of history there, you don't want to be around them and you have to have those conversations or be around them. Just keep your conversations brief and superficial. You don't have to be rude, but just like a, hey, how are you? Okay, good. Just like I said, all that superficial bullshit small talk is fine. Just to like get the niceties out of the way and then be like, oh, I got to go do this important thing over here and then go eat like five cookies and drown your sorrow in some boozy eggnog. Also too, with family, I think it's really important to set boundaries because I think a lot of people's sort of uncomfortableness or displeasure with family comes about because family doesn't no boundaries. Like just because it's your mom or your grandma or your aunt, they think that they can cross your personal boundaries, whether it's, you know, asking when you're having kids and you don't want kids or, you know, when are you going to get a real job or when are you going to get a boyfriend or just stuff like that, that people seem to think that they have entitlement to just because they're family. I know not everybody is as direct as I personally am. And I know that in some people it can come off as rude, but I try to set boundaries and just if you have to say A, B, and C is off limits, and I will not be discussing that, do it. Like, if you walk in and mom starts harping, be like, mom, we're not talking about me having kids. It's off limits. If you want to keep talking about it, I'm going to go home. Done. Period. Then it's out of the way, and you can talk about things that are pleasant, and you're not being tortured your whole holiday week or weekend. Just because it's family doesn't mean that they're entitled to give you their opinion. And that's the thing, too, is by setting those boundaries, you never know if you're going to set yourself up for actual awesome conversations once people know that that's off the table. It might be like that, like Aunt Judith, you thought was a mega asshole because all she wants to do is harp you about having kids. Well, once she stops harping you about having kids, she might have a really interesting conversation to have. She might be an underwater basket weaver and you just never knew. And she can tell you all about it. And then you can relay it to me. Also, don't feel like you need to divulge personal information. Like I said, your family is not entitled to your deep dark secrets. Although I think I am entitled to your deep dark secrets and I still have not gotten a single one. So Cherry's Confessions is officially dead, DOA. But just as I am not entitled to your deep dark secrets or even any of your personal information, neither is your family. And if you if they ask you a question that you find to be intrusive, either deflect or just straight up say like, I don't want to talk about that or that's not any of your business. I'm not saying in any of this to be rude. Like, don't be in a Scrooge, arms crossed, like frown on your face, like nobody talk to me. Don't be a jerk. But I think that there's ways to deflect uncomfortable conversation and intrusive questions. And I think that also just goes in life. It's really important just as adults to learn to set these boundaries in your life. And I know it's hard and I know so many people are too nice and they feel rude. But it's not rude. It's essential for human preservation to set boundaries with other humans. So here's the thing. People ask me, when I ask for questions, I got a lot of people asking me about how to deal with religious and political differences. 
This is always going to come up in a family. The bigger the gathering, the more differences there's going to be. And age has a lot to do with it, too. Um, obviously, the older generation generally skews a little bit more conservative, a little bit more Republican, and a little bit more religious. You don't want to give great Uncle Bernie a heart attack. I shouldn't have said Bernie because Bernie Sanders is great and so progressive. So maybe not Bernie. Great Uncle Harold. You don't want to give him a heart attack talking about your super liberal views or your atheist persuasion. So keep the political and the religious talk off the table for family gatherings. It's one thing if it's like you go to visit Great Uncle Harold and it's just like you and him having a couple Miller Lights in the living room talking about life. That's different. But holidays really aren't the time for that. And it's just setting yourself up for a disaster. That being said, by religion and politics, I mean talking about, well, religion, religion is pretty self-explanatory, talking about God, talking about religion, talking about church, all of that thing, theology. And by political, I literally mean don't talk about your views on taxes. Don't talk about your views on Prop 86 or about Recall Newsom or about the infrastructure of the city. Those are all political topics. Know the difference between politics and human rights. Black Lives Matter is not political. Black Lives Matter is human rights. Anything that has to do with LGBTQ, that's human rights. Anything that has to do with gay marriage, with anything to do with race, with mask mandates, none of that is political. That's not politics. That's human rights. That's civil rights. And having a different opinion on tax structure is a much different thing than having a different opinion on black men being executed by cops. Not to say that you shouldn't keep that off the table. My opinion on it is that you should know if you are a true ally to marginalized people of any type, whether it's people of color or gay people or differently abled people or women. If you are an ally to those people, when you are with your family is when you should be having these conversations. Now, it's one thing if you're having these conversations all the time, like on Facebook or you're around your family all the time. So you're like leading the march all the time and you just want to like give it a break on the holidays. That's fine. Whatever. If you literally never see your family and cousin Joe is harping about all lives matter or blue lives matter and you feel really strongly and you feel like you're an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement and you never talk to him or see him otherwise, maybe it's time to set it straight. Don't get me wrong, and please don't twist what I'm saying. I do not want anybody to go in with their liberal guns blazing and try to decimate their entire conservative family on Christmas Eve. That is not what I'm saying. Please do not misconstrue. But I do think that there are ways to have these really important conversations, and I think there are ways to have them very civilly. And I think that when you have so much family together in one place where you can have these conversations and have differing ideas and perhaps change a perspective, I think that's a really good thing. I think it's really important to keep calm and offer educated, thought-out responses instead of emotional ones. So yeah, your cousin Joe might be the biggest shitbag in the world, if that's the case, you probably just are wasting your breath having this conversation. 
But if he's willing to talk to you, take a deep breath, stay calm, think about what you're saying, make sure that you are well-researched and that you know what you're talking about. So if he offers, you know, a retort, then you have an argument or a counter argument to back it up. But make sure too that you're questioning everything when you're having these conversations. Like, why do you believe this? So you don't believe in masks. Well, why? And then offer them the science for masks. Or, you know, you believe all lives matter, but why don't you think black lives matter too? Just questioning why somebody thinks something. Sometimes people just think things because they just think things. They don't even know where the thought came from. It could be that they watch, you know, a lot of news or look at a lot of Facebook and they've had these opinions sort of inundated in their brains and they don't really know where they came from. You know, you also have those like sexist relatives or sizist relatives that make fat chick jokes or that make the women get back in the kitchen jokes. And maybe that's the time to say, hey, listen, like, that's not funny. Why do you think that's funny? Have the conversation of, why those things are hurtful. I think if anything positive can come out of holidays and having those difficult conversations with your loved ones, it can be potentially to make the people that you love see things in a new way. Because you know what? A lot of people that have what I would consider a backwards view of something are good people. So it's really difficult when you have these family members that you really love and they just don't see things the way that you see them. I think having those conversations to potentially get them to see things differently is really important. And the other thing, too, that I think is really important is to let your loved ones know how what they're talking about impacts you directly and impacts your loved ones directly. So, you know, it might be that your best friend is black and her brother was shot and killed and they never did anything to the killer. Your family doesn't know that and they don't know how close that you are to that. And you might be really well educated and you might have a lot to share. But putting a heart on whatever it is that you're talking about and giving people connectedness to issues. I think so many issues are so far removed from people's lives that they don't really realize the human aspects of it. This was kind of a heavy, <laughs> a heavy topic today. I did actually get a lot of questions, um, a couple stories. So I'm going to read your stories and your questions. So here we go. I just asked for stories or questions related to difficult family members. And Jason Smith said, trick question, all families are difficult. <laughs> and you are right, Jason Smith. That's the other thing to remember is that your family is not unique in its difficulties. Everybody has unique difficulties, but everybody has difficult family. So don't feel alone. We all have our difficulties. Also to anybody that submitted stories or questions, I will have your names in my show notes. So if I say them wrong, I'm sorry. If anybody wants to contribute to future podcasts with questions or stories, please follow me on my socials. I am the Cherry Doll Face on all socials except TikTok because some stupid jerk took the Cherry Doll Face before I could get to it, but I don't take submissions via TikTok anyway. Also to thank you for everybody that has left a review. If you do want a handwritten postcard, I would be happy to send you one. I have these cute little vintage style postcards and all you have to do to get one is leave me a review on iTunes or Apple Music. Send me a screenshot with your mailing address and I will pop a handwritten postcard in the mail for you. If you've already left a review and you want a postcard, just do the same with whatever previously left review that you have. I would be happy to send you something. Just a little thank you. So let's get back into our stories. Katie Sincula 
said, my family is so unbelievably judgmental and gossipy. They're never here to help, only to talk about you behind your back when they have zero clue as to what is actually going on. I've stopped attending family events. I love my immediate family. My parents are divorced, so I see them separate. And then my brother and his kids and I, plus my 94-year-old grandma, who's my best friend on the entire planet. That's so cute. Uh, the rest of my family I don't have time for anymore. I'd rather spend time with my friends who love and support me and the very few family members who are actually there for me. I no longer have the energy to care for people who don't care for me. And I'll be damned if I'm spending money on a Christmas gift for someone who talks about me and judges me every other day of the year. So there you go. I talk so much on this podcast about chosen family, and I think the holidays of all times are the perfect time to really sort out your chosen family. And not to say that chosen family can't include also blood relatives, but spending holidays with just quote-unquote loved ones versus family is just as good, whether it's your, you know, your best friends or your neighbors or your co-workers or whatever it is, or your 94-year-old grandma who is your best friend on the planet. Family members can be shitty. You shouldn't have to hang out with them if you don't want to. Oh, my Dyson finally just kicked down. I guess all the farts cleared out after all. The other thing, too, about holidays is the whole gift thing. My opinion on it is holidays are not about gifts. I don't give a shit about gifts. Yeah, of course, it's nice to get a gift. I'm not going to be like, oh, take your stupid gift back and throw it at somebody's face. That would be super rude and potentially hazardous, um, especially if the gift was like a baseball bat or something. That would be horrible. That being said, the holidays aren't about gifts. It's not about presents. Like, yeah, of course, it's so fun to watch my niece and my nephews open presents and all of that because it's just the joy of being a kid. I think it's different when you're a kid. But I, as adults, like, I don't want gifts. I want your company. I want some cookies and a feast and hugs and Christmas music. And that's what it's about for me. If you can collectively decide with your family to nix the gifts for adults, one, it saves money. And I think everybody can save money right now. Two, it saves stress and shopping. And three, it just takes the pressure off. And how many times have all of us gotten a gift where we're like, oh, thank you with that like fake smile on your face. And you're like, oh my God, I hate whatever it is that I'm getting. I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to pretend I like it. But when I get home, I don't know where I'm going to put it or if I can like give it away without this relative knowing. It's just, it's silly. So cut it out with the gifts if you're an adult. Okay, Patty Cattell says, I simply get a cocktail and disengage until hubby is ready to leave. That's another great thing to do too. Just chill. Just get a cocktail. If you don't drink, get a mocktail. Get a little plate of appetizers. Keep your mouth full. Just pretend like you're real interested in your cheese plate and just hang until it's time to go. And then the obligation is met and then you can go home and do what you actually want to do. Jennifer Wilmot Harmon said, my in-laws are a challenge sometimes. My mother-in-law called me by the wrong name for years because I reminded her of one of my husband's old girlfriends that everyone hated. I live by take them when they are good and forget them when they're bad. It's their loss. My little family is awesome. I mean, the thing is, is you don't get to choose also the family that you marry into. I've had both experiences. I've had in-laws that are amazing and welcoming and fun and great. And I've had in-laws that were not, that were cold and disengaged and judgy and all of that. And it's hard, but also too, like just because you're married into that family doesn't mean that family has to be your family. And if your mother-in-law is an asshole to you, by all means, be an asshole back. I don't think that respect is a given. And I don't think respect for your elders is a given. Respect is earned on all levels. And if the family that you're married into can't respect you, then you have by no means obligation to respect them back. Obviously be friendly, but go do your family obligation. 
smile and nod, get through it, and then go do your little family thing because your little family is awesome. All right, so let's take some questions. Miss Ruth Pinup said, okay, this one is a little longer. Since my grandmother passed away three years ago, Christmas is just not the same. The time with my dad and my aunt feels just not right, like my granny held us all together. And when I'm with my mom and her new husband, it's just exhausting. He's a dumbass sexist and always talks shit about how women can't do this or that because they're women. Also, I know he cheated on my mom and she won't break up just because she can't stand to be alone. Last Christmas, our conversation nearly escalated and I'm afraid of finally crashing the party when I say what I actually think of him. So my question is, how in the hell can I survive the holidays this year? Gin might be an option, but I hope for better advice. So alcohol is always an option, whether it's the best option or not truly depends on you it sounds like the time with dad and aunt is fine but it's just not the same because granny isn't there so that sounds like it's okay you just have to sort of ease your way into your grandma not being there anymore which that is just going to take time as far as your mom and her new husband the thing with new husband aka stepdad is that your mom chose him and you have no control over that However, you're an adult and you have control over who who you spend your time with. And if you feel that your stepdad is disrespecting or abusing your mom in some way, you have every right to not spend time with him. Now, if you want to say, hey, mom, let's go do dinner on the 23rd. Just me and you will have our own little Christmas dinner and not spend it with him on Christmas. That is your right. And if she can't understand why you don't want to be around him, or why he makes you uncomfortable, that's on her, not on you. You cannot make decisions for your mom, but you can make decisions for you. And you have every right to do that. And your holidays are your own. Your mom doesn't own your Christmas. And he sure as hell doesn't own your Christmas. So I would avoid him, especially when you feel like it's already escalating and it's probably just going to explode. Go hang out with dad and aunt. Try to get over the awkwardness of grandma not being there. See what you can work around with mom, just you and her. If you have siblings, I didn't. you didn't say you had any siblings, so I assume it's just mom. And just avoid the husband because he sounds like no good. And drink some gin. Why not? Gin is actually really good alcohol for Christmas drinks. BTW. All right, my toes are cold 90, says, my boyfriend hates the holidays because of his parents' ugly divorce. How can I help him hate it less now? This actually kind of goes back to my podcast a few weeks ago when I was talking about traditions. So... He hates the holidays because of what happened during his parents' divorce. So they probably had specific traditions or whatever it was around that. So if you can create new traditions that don't feel so Christmassy or so holiday-y to sort of ease him into just, okay, December's the time of year that we go to this diner and have hash browns or we make this kind of cookie or gingerbread house or, well, that's pretty Christmassy, but we go make a tent in our living room and watch movies and eat popcorn, whatever the tradition is, try to start making traditions just that happen to be around the holidays and ease him into feeling that traditions are comfortable and that they're not triggering that trauma. And then hopefully that can help ease him into the idea of Christmas not being so bad or the holidays not being so bad. 
The thing is, your parents only get divorced once, and once it's over, all it takes is time away from that event to start to heal and start to feel better about it. I understand I had a few rough Christmases myself in my teen years, and it definitely, Christmas was always my favorite holiday, and then I became a little bit of a Scrooge for a little bit, but now I'm back with the vengeance, and Christmas is my favorite holiday. Once again, fear not, my friends. All right, Razor in the Nights says how to deal with anxiety leading up to dealing with toxic family members so dealing with anxiety in any situation is basically kind of the same thing you know you just have to try to breathe try to relax count to 10 slowly in through the mouth out through the nose or in through the nose out through the mouth whatever way you prefer anxiety is anxiety and the thing with toxic family members is if you have to be around them You just kind of have to suck it up. And like I was saying before, finding those things to kind of deal with it, whether it's sitting in the corner and having a cocktail and cheese until it's time to go just to get through it or straight up avoiding them or setting your boundaries of we're not talking about this. And if they can't respect those boundaries, ignoring is also great. I'm very close to somebody that has a sibling that is pretty much unbearable and that likes to pick fights and start drama and will like get in your face and like neener neener like that kind of thing even though this person is well into their adulthood but the best thing you can do to those kind of people is ignore them because the reason they do those things to try to get a rise out of you is because the rise is what they're going for and if they don't get the rise then they just look childish and stupid and you look like the adult and you make them feel stupid so it's like it's a double win So as far as dealing with the anxiety, hang out with the family members that don't give you anxiety, create a little bubble around yourself, and just try to avoid the toxicity. Or just don't deal with them. Don't go to the family thing. That's the thing too is like, okay, so let's say mom has like a Christmas Eve dinner every year with every one of your family members and five of them are people that you would like throw off a bridge with no second thought. That's horrible. You shouldn't do that. But we all have those family members or people in our in our orbit somewhere please don't murder i am not condoning murder here in any way shape or form everybody deserves to live but we all have those fantasies those bridge throwing fantasies when we are around unbearable people and if those people are going to be there and you can't avoid them or if it's like mega trauma like aunt evie sexually molested you when you were little and nobody knows if it's that kind of stuff by all means, don't go to family holiday dinner. Or if mom knows that that happened, tell mom to tell Aunt Evie to fuck off and she's not allowed to come to Christmas dinner. I just realized that my sister's fiance's daughter's name is Evie and now I feel really bad that I called her a molester. She's only three. She's not a molester. So depending on the level of why it is that the family member is toxic and you don't want to be around them, either don't be around them or have them not invited or let's say christmas eve dinner is the big family thing you just organize a christmas eve brunch with the family you do so let's say it's like you love like mom and dad and siblings or you love mom and dad and aunt francis just do a brunch with the four of you there's no rules and you don't have to tell anybody you don't have to hurt any feelings but then you get that like good warm fuzzy family feeling and then screw christmas eve night go watch christmas movies and drink hot chocolate by yourself or with a loved one or with a date maybe not during covid okay sarah fete 9 said no one in my immediate family gets along how do i deal 
So that kind of goes with my last answer is just kind of trying to separate people. Because that's the thing, too. It might not be that you have any problem with anybody, but that there's infighting within your family and that stresses you out, which that happens a lot, too. Or let's say it's like your husband's family. Your husband really doesn't get along with somebody or maybe him and his brother always end up beating each other up on the front lawn or whatever it is. That's really hard because there's nothing you can do to kind of like control it. But if it is your immediate family, so let's say your brother and sister hate each other, try to split things up. Like I was saying, like do dinner with brother and lunch with sister or brunch with sister or Christmas Eve with brother and Christmas Day with sister. Trying to split those things up, I think, is way better. I don't think that even immediate families should be shoved all together if they don't like each other or even love each other. So don't feel obligated to have to like grin and bear it because your immediate family is your immediate family, even though everybody hates everybody. Especially too, like it's hard when parents get divorced because you don't want to have to force your mom and dad to be together with their new spouses when they hate each other or your dad and dad or your mom and mom, depending on your family. Exes don't want to be around each other. It's different when you, your kids, obviously when your kids, your family grins and bears it and just does it. But when you're adults, like unless mom and dad are still best friends, if there's weirdness, just split the holiday. Don't force people to be together on holidays just because you're a family. I feel like this was a really heavy topic. So hopefully next time, actually, no, next time, <laughs> my next podcast topic is actually going to be about losing a partner. And I'm going to have my guest. My guest is actually one of my good friends whose husband passed away last year when she was 30. So <laughs> sorry, guys, my holiday podcasts are like, real downers. I promise I'll be back with the sillies. Another thing I wanted to ask you guys, I'm not going to have guests every other week because I feel like I would run out of human beings to talk to pretty quickly. I don't have that many awesome, talented friends. So because I'm trying to do my podcast every week now, I was thinking about every other week, just kind of covering more light, like pop culture shows I'm watching, music I'm listening to, a vacation I went on, just kind of like a more of a blog type podcast and then doing my like normal topics still every other week with you know questions and and maybe I just answer like random questions so let me know if you guys would like that just more of like a train of thought current affairs kind of podcast I'm gonna try to stay away from politics there's so many politics happening in this world right now that I don't want this to be a place for that so I, I said my piece today besides that I wanted just to be like a light fun maybe like product recommendations or I don't know, just that kind of thing. So let me know what you think if you want to hear that on the weeks that I do not have guests. I think that is it for now. I hope everybody survives the holidays. Please do your best to be easy on yourself and to make your holidays pleasant and happy and not so stressful. Take a deep breath. Count to 10. Don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye guys.